0: It's the top of the hour, and I want to welcome everyone to Pit Stop. It's your fortnightly midweek rest area to refuel your drive. I'm Karen Cummins. I'm an audiobook narrator, and I'm chief cartographer for NarratorsRoadmap.com, and I'm your host for Pit Stop. And with me in the co-pilot seat is my lovely friend and award-winning audiobook narrator Ann Flosnick, who hosts the Narrator Uplift show here on Clubhouse. How are you this afternoon, Ann? Great.
1: Happy to be here.
0: I don't think that was you. I think, I think uh, that must have been one of Joe's dogs.
2: Yes, I have three dogs in, in here right now. And, uh,
1: I'm, they I'm want gonna, their airtime too. Oh, yeah,
2: God. I'm, I'm going I'm to go ahead and kick them out. Oh, God.
0: Well, every other Wednesday, audiobook narrators who have vocations beyond narration pull into Pit Stop. And they're sure to inspire you to follow your interests and use all of your talents and gifts I want to let you know this conversation is being recorded so you'll be able to re-listen or catch parts you missed. Feel free to comment in the chat and raise your hand in the app if you wanna be part of the conversation because we would love to hear from you. So thanks so much to everybody for joining us. Today, I am so thrilled to welcome Joe Hempel to Pit Stop. For over a decade prior to beginning work in audiobooks, Joe honed his acting skills as a referee in professional wrestling and he inspired people as a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer and endurance coach. He's best known for his captivating, rich narrations and uncanny ability for pulling listeners into an immersive experience. And Joe has entertained listeners with over 500 audiobooks. He currently lives in Houston with his wife, Maria, and their three dogs. He is the 2018 Independent Audiobook Award winner for Best Horror, the 2021 Independent Audiobook Award winner for Best Horror as a publisher, and along with many extremely talented co-narrators, Joe was the 2022 Sovas Award winner for Best Narration in Short Story Anthology. So welcome to Pit Stop, Joe. I'm so glad you're here.
2: Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to do this.
0: So you have such an interesting background. I, I saw on your LinkedIn that when you were in, in college, you were studying audio and video technologies. So what were you dreaming of doing at that point?
2: I forgot I even had a LinkedIn, first of all. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I I just, I wanted to work in television. Um, I wanted to, like, make movies and you know work in work in television behind the scenes and things like that. So that is what I went to school for. Um but did you did you do
0: work in television or
2: I worked at a I worked at a television station as an engineer which kind of wasn't the direction that I was wanting that to go, but you know, ended up working out for the but I ended up staying there for like 15 years and uh, before I made the jump to full-time audiobook narration.
0: Well, somewhere in between there, though, and and we said this in the introduction, about you being a referee for professional wrestling. How did that come about?
2: Um,
0: I wanted to do sports productions.
2: And uh, there was a local professional wrestling organization in Cincinnati called the Hardland Wrestling Association. Um, They were... Apparently, I didn't know this at the time, but when I got there, they were a development ter- territory for World Championship Wrestling, which was then, during my time there, purchased by World Wrestling Federation, now WWE. And um, so I got there and worked in production. And originally, like training in the ring became a way to uh, lose weight. And, you know, the exercise was great, it was vigorous, it was fun, a lot of camaraderie. And so that transitioned to me doing refereeing, um, training as a wrestler under a mask sometimes. Um, and, uh, you know, working with wrestlers on promos, things like that. I just got heavily involved in the business. And oddly enough, the guy who used to own it, um, Les Thatcher just showed up in the book I'm narrating right now, which is a, a biography about Ric Flair. And he's been mentioned a, cute, a, a couple times in the book. So it's really neat when kind of like the work and the passion meet in, in fun ways.
0: Kind of full circle. Yeah. Well, I was curious about the point that you said you honed your acting ability as a referee. So are you saying that's not real, that what we see?
2: <laughs> it's all predetermined. All, all of the <laughs> stuff in the ring is highly athletic and. It's it, it is uh, it hurts like like you you get used to it but it hurts. Um, the outcomes are predetermined, the matches are scripted, but everything you see hurts.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, I imagine it does. Um,
2: yeah, regardless of if somebody's letting you pick them up and throw them to the ground, you're still getting picked up and thrown to the ground.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: I don't so. think that's a job I'd want to sign up for.
1: Sounds <laughs> like <laughs> the worst of all worlds.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very, it's it's very, very, very physical, and I have so much respect for the people that do this day in and day out and have done it for, you know, thirty years.
0: Well, were you refereeing at the same time that you were also doing the personal training?
2: Yes. I was I was doing that the personal training uh working in television at the television station. So, yeah, I was I was doing all of that.
0: So you've always been somebody who doesn't really like having any spare time.
2: No, I I fill up my <laughs> spare time with things I enjoy doing. So, you know, working for the professional wrestling organization, that wasn't work to me. That was that was fun and it built it actually built a lot of friendships and actually had kind of shaped me into into who I am,
0: well, so, so how, I owe a lot to it. How how did you move from those fields into audiobook narration?
2: Um, so, about 2010, the Heartland Wrestling Association kind of folded a little bit. Um, they folded, changed names, things like that. Um. Just that industry was changing. And so that's about the time um, I got my, actually today is the anniversary where I just happened to see it on Facebook, where I got my uh, certification as a personal trainer nine years ago. So I kind of went from that to the personal training. And then um, I found audiobook narration because I was, you know, I worked third shift at a TV station. So I just read a lot and I ended up starting a review blog as you know you do and um somebody said something to me about yeah because i i didn't there was an audiobook i really didn't like that much and so i didn't review it in the most positive light and they said if you think you can do this so much better why don't you go out and do it <laughs> so i did
0: challenge issued and accepted
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> so and that was eight years ago wow
0: Crazy. Wow! Look how much you've accomplished in such a short period of time.
2: I tell you, I never thought I never thought it would be a career, but it's uh, it's here.
0: <laughs> well, I remember when when I first knew of you, you were talking about working that job in TV and doing narration, and you've you've talked about it since about how you went without sleep, or so it seems. I mean, you would get very little sleep because you were. <laughs> doing both things and you were committed to both things and determined to be a success and totally move into to narration. Yes. So maybe you could t- expand on that a little more. I, I, don't, I don't remember all the details, but I remember it's very inspiring.
2: So I worked at the television chain. I've always been a night person, first of all. So working um, midnight to 8 a.m. didn't bother me that was when i worked at the television station so i had a lot of time on my hands i used my uh uh my degree to kind of do my do like editing and mastering and stuff like that um for myself and other audiobook narrators during that time and um i would go home i would sleep for you know a few hours i would Go pick up my son from school and just repeat and i I was working seven days a week just you know i was determined to get out of television because the pay was really kind of garbage and there was one year i was only working at in television and it was myself my um girlfriend at the time and her two kids we were living together and you know, we were at the dollar store for Christmas. Like, we just, like, there was just not enough money. And so I was absolutely determined to do something different. And so when I found that audiobooks was kind of a natural fit, I went 150 miles an hour. And I took all the royalty share I could and I recorded as much as I could every single day. For like two years. And it worked. And so like two and a half years after I started, I was able to quit my job and go full force into audiobooks. Wow. But I was absolutely determined to not have to walk into the dollar store and buy, you know, fake Hulk Hogan action figures for Christmas.
0: That's so impressive. And I know it made you feel like just a totally different person. Oh, for sure. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So it was one of the things that, you know, I know people give ACX a lot of crap for things and, uh, Mm. you know, but it's one of the things I will be forever grateful for ACX because that's how I got my start. And that's where I learned the business. And I still get, you know, I, I, I still do royalty here to this day. It's part of my business plan. So um, so you won't, you won't hear me talk a whole lot about, uh, talk a, a bad about them a whole lot because they literally changed my life.
0: Yeah, I remember you wore ACX socks to your wedding.
2: I did <laughs> I did ACX sends me like these little gifts every year um be it like hot chocolate or uh I still have like this really nice blanket that they sent me and then one year they sent me a pair of socks and I'm like oh I'm I'm wearing these to I'm wearing these to my wedding because audiobooks bullshit got me my wife
1: <laughs> wow <laughs>
0: That that takes a romance story to a whole nother level.
2: Uh, you know, yeah. but also the book that actually got it done <laughs> it was called Does It Fart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Maria, oh. your wife heard this and heard you and said, That's my man.
2: So we were friends on social media before um before that book. And I had advertised the book that it was coming out and, you know, we, we had communicated uh, a little bit beforehand and, you you know, things were kind of a little, a little flirty online, you know, before that, but that book, she, she wanted a copy of that book. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I can get you a copy of it. Hachette is the one that published it, but I was like, I'll buy you a copy. So I, I buy the copy to send as a gift and I'm trying to send it to her through messenger on facebook and it won't let me and i'm like hey i hate to do this but i can't send it like this what's your phone number
0: now there's a pickup line <laughs> if ever i heard one
2: and you know she she was just you know hey this is a pretty sneaky way to get my number mr hempel
1: <laughs>
2: and uh hmm? i'm like yeah but you know if you want the book and then from there, we just started talking every single day, and next thing you know, I've moved to Houston, and we get married.
1: <laughs> wow,
0: I love that story. Mm-hmm. I'm just grinning ear to ear hearing it because I I didn't know the details there, and I love it. <laughs> does does she help you with your work? Because this is a big part of what we I want to talk to you about is you because you're not just narrating; you're you're now publishing and. Yeah, And I'm probably getting a little ahead of myself, but does does she help you with that or do you have other people no.
1: help you?
2: No. I don't. I don't um I originally you know there there's there's a void in the horror genre and for audiobooks and that's what I wanted to fill. Hmm. Um I feel like it's a ground, like it's just starting to take off and there is a big ground-level push for horror audio. And it doesn't get a lot of respect in the industry from Amazon. They're starting to come around. It gets zero respect in awards season. Um, You know, the Audis don't have horror. Sovis don't have horror. Uh, independent audiobooks were one of the only... Bigger awards that actually had horror as a category. Hmm. Um, so I didn't realize
0: that. I didn't realize that no. the awards were overlooking it.
2: Yes, um, it's buried like three levels down on Amazon as a uh, as a genre.
1: Hmm.
2: Uh, so I want to flood the market with horror and create <laughs> as much as I can. <laughs> Um, and just make it to where it's uh, inevitable. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I I know that you started Fireside Horror in 2020, but then Pink mm-hmm. Flamingo absorbed it in 2022, and you were ex- executive producer. Are you still involved with now Fireside Audio? Are you still involved with that?
2: No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I broke away from that uh you know i just wasn't able to do the amount of work that i wanted to be able to do for the horror community there was uh a lot of restrictions from the union um and just a lot of restrictions to to push what i wanted to push um and so after after about i want to say 2 years uh, two and a half years, you know, I figured that it was time for me to kind of break away from that. Um, you know, my sense of procedure and, and policy and things like that for me, and this isn't to say anything bad about them. It didn't fit with their infrastructure. Um And it's not that they they have a bad infrastructure. It's just, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Like it it was more on my end. Like, okay, well, what do I need to do? Where's this? Where's this? Because they have three divisions. You know, Pink Flamingo's taken the world by storm. Mm
1: -hmm. So, Mm
2: -hmm. um, you know, and they're continuing to grow. So, you know, coordinating with all the proofers and the editors and, you know, getting things out. It was like, okay. If we get two books this month, it can probably be scheduled to edit in three months, and and I'm just like, no, this this can't, we can't do it this way. I can't do it this way. And horror isn't built for that.
1: Joe, um, can I stop you right there and just ask you, can you define for us what horror is? Um, because oh, I imagine too that many of your books could, you could put them into awards under another category. You so- can. Yeah, that's why I'm asking you to define it for us, what it is. What is it that separates horror out and why it's kind of a stepchild?
2: So horror means many things to different people. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, you know, horror is there to invoke some sort of visceral feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have a book like, say, let's see what uh one I just did recently called uh you know a couple of years ago called the Adirondack Witch it's right. kind of a ghost story it's kind of a you know mystery kind of thing, but it doesn't really fit or go up against like uh a, a Joe ledger thriller or um or maybe like even uh you know like a a Oh, what's her name, Tammy Hogue or something like that. Uh It doesn't really fit in that sort of thing and those all kind of get lumped together so there are terrifying things about those books Uh but that's only part of the overall story Um, so I think for me horror is going to invoke a visceral feeling of disgust of You know, it's going. It's going to tries to scare you, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's that sense of the unknown, or you know, the monster hiding under the bed, Mm -hmm. or the thing you can't see out in the woods, Um, or you know, being caught in a madman's labyrinth of traps, Mm -hmm. things like that.
1: But it can still um, really go under some other bigger umbrella genre for, to enter for awards and things.
2: Yes? Yes. It, it, yes. it can go under that, yes. Um, they never get looked at, though. They oh. never get looked at. There's n- The only horror book you will see in awards is written by Stephen King or Dean Koontz. Mm. So you will never see independent awards get uh get nominated or looked at or anything like that it's it's been like that for as long as i've been in the industry which i know isn't a crazy long time
1: and that's Uh, so strange to me because of frankenstein and things you know classics absolute standout literary classics are horror yes but they'd
0: probably enter those under classics yes yeah yeah
2: yeah, at this point, those would be considered classics.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, those those get entered uh, under different things. And it's mm-hmm. it's more today's, I think it's more of a today's problem than it is mm-hmm. anything else. And, you know, horror does not make the money something like romance does. There's still, it's still considered a niche audience. So I think that might factor a little bit into it but I think the visibility of it by being in these awards can help. Yes. You can help that a lot.
1: Yeah. Fantasy no. is very niche kind of thing, or it started out like that, but now it's huge. So you're going to yeah. make horror huge. too.
2: That's the goal. That's yes. the goal.
1: Yes. You know, that's the goal. Um, I see it. I see the vision.
2: So, and I will tell you from the amount of auditions that I get for the stuff that uh, for the stuff that I've been posting,
1: uh-huh.
2: people want to narrate horror. Like there is yeah. a need and a want for this. Yeah. And the level of auditions that I have gotten have blown me away. Because I'm a, I'm, a royalty, I'm a royalty share only shop right now. Um, but I will say with, you know, with, I only have like three titles to go off of and, that have been released in the past three weeks. But I will say, and these are like two and a half hour titles, hour and a half titles. So books that aren't really
1: mm-hmm.
2: primed to sell a whole lot,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they've each sold over a hundred copies in like two, or three weeks. So wow, yeah,
0: that's a good start. Yeah,
2: it's you know for those three, that's that's pretty good. And we have what's considered some of the best horror of the year coming out within the next. Well, one just dropped today the other one should drop uh September 1st. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see where all of this goes. And, you know, I still, I kept some titles, um, with the merger for fireside. Like when I merged with pink flamingo uh-huh. and those, some of those still do incredibly well years later in royalty. So
1: mm.
2: people are buying. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, and you, you have a couple of uh, some narrators in the chat who are fans, Um, E.J. Lavery says she is so here for that horror takeover, and Barbara Hensley (laughs) loves horror to narrate and to listen personally, but you were talking about your auditions, and you've recently started Fright Night Audio, and I, I think one thing that lures people to want to do it is you describe it as it will bring you a new level of terror to your ears. It will haunt your effing dreams. Like mm-hmm. okay yeah sign me up
1: <laughs> yeah
2: you know you, you gotta read up like buzzwords. that everybody's
0: like of course mm-hmm. I want to read that mm-hmm.
2: yeah you, you got to get some buzzwords and things like that um mm-hmm. you know we we've partnered um we've partnered with Darklit Press who is another up and coming book publisher and they have such an amazing strategy to get not only the audiobooks and uh books that they published on Amazon and stuff like that to but to get all of that into stores. Mm. So Barnes and Noble made it a lot harder recently, but they're still working on that. So we're hoping that we can get audiobooks in stores. We're hoping we can get the ebooks in stores. And we are the now the exclusive audio publisher for Darklit Press.
0: Or as you described it, the unholy alliance, a match made in hell.
2: <laughs> that, is, uh, <laughs> that, that, is all, that is all Andrew Roberts from Darklit Press. He put all of that together. God love him. He's a great guy. And he he busts his butt to get uh to take care of his authors.
0: Yeah, I read the description. I mean, it's it's I, I've never actually read a horror book, I don't think. But I was reading that's so like, maybe I should check into this. I mean, there, it was just awesome. it, because it just makes your mind light up with the imagery.
2: Yes. So, yes, uh, it's, you know, if you can lose yourself into a horror book, all all the better, all the better, you know, the things that go bump in the night, you know, you start hearing them while you're sitting there listening. So.
0: And and I love that you're posting auditions on the site, and then you've been announcing the casting on Facebook. So I, those are brilliant ways to get even more visibility of people coming to you. And, of course, <laughs> joining us on Pit Stop, I'm sure some more people will be coming to you.
2: <laughs> I, You know, the more we get, the more opportunities for auditions that we have. Um, it's It's been really great, and it's been really wonderful to see all the narrators that are auditioning or getting the books or things like that they comment on everybody's posts and share and everything. And it really feels like a really great sense of community for when these books are going to release and come out and everybody is lifting everybody. And that's so wonderful to see.
0: Well, it seems a bit rare. I'm just thinking, I don't, I mean, people comment on narrator's new releases. We, we, we all do that, but, being moved to actually share it is the next step that I think a lot of people don't take usually. So that does seem like something different happening with you.
2: It does. And I don't know what it is, but I love it. And I I, I really would like to get a nice sense of community with Fright Night. Um, I don't know. Um, somebody told me this. Not too long ago, it was during a uh, a coaching session. We were going over one of the books and apparently there's a group of narrators that they all audition for titles and they bounce their auditions off of each other and they talk about different things. And so they go in and they like practice their auditions together. And it's just was like that almost brought a tear to my eye. I'm like, that's so great. <laughs> well, I it love- is.
0: Yeah, I mean it's the the community, and then the impact, and then knowing that that's kind of reverberating out into the world, you know, and and totally building up what you are you're trying to do. I'm wondering, how do you split your time between narrating and running Fright Night?
2: Um, uh, there there really is no split. I, I'm basically. You know, I did take a little bit of time off from acquisitions and things like that because we've got like 30 books coming out, like right out of the gate.
0: Oh goodness!
2: Wow. Yeah, it's 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 really crazy. Wow. Um, like I I've got, I think one came out today. The one came out a few days ago, and then we had the three short titles. But I have in the queue, ready to go, another two titles and then like another three are almost done. Um, And then, yeah, we just, we we're October is going to be a big month for us, I think, (laughs) because we have a lot of stuff coming towards the end of September. Mm -hmm. So, and it's all, it's, it's so good. All of the narrators that, that are showing up for these titles are so good. And I really hope that we can, Push these out, get people to buy, so that uh, so that the narrators and authors can can make some money, and we can prove that the horror genre is viable.
0: Are the narrators producing raw files for you, or retail ready?
2: Retail ready, retail ready, and I there are some exceptions. Like if somebody's doing, because I've got one narrator who is doing like four books for me, and I'm like, hey, just you know, I'll take care of your post. You're, you're already taking big chances on this. Or there was a book that was like 18 and a half hours long. And I told him, hey, this is a really big risk for royalty share. I'll take care of the post-production for that. So we'll, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Because I know, I know the risk in royalty share. I still do it.
0: <laughs> right. And beyond six to eight hours, it's, it's a huge risk. Right. Or it can be. We should say. It can be. Yeah. You, you have to pick, as we all know, you have to pick your books wisely.
2: Yeah, you you
0: do, you do, and then sometimes there are ones that
2: you do for fun that you don't think is going to make any money, and they get an Audible Daily Deal. So.
0: Oh, you didn't you? You had one recently, didn't you?
2: I had two. Yeah. Oh my I had gosh. Two. There were one of them. One of them was already doing well. The one that just came out recently, The Cursed Among Us. Um, that one was doing really well already. And then there was another one that sold maybe, I don't know, 40 copies. Uh, that was done last August. And in February, it got a daily deal.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, those, those will bring in, in my experience, you know, a few thousand in one day. Yeah,
0: because you'll you'll sell two to three thousand copies probably on that day of the daily deal, or at least that's yes. what I've seen other people sharing. That that yes. seems to be an average number. Yes. Oh yeah. well if you've got some of that magic pixie dust that makes Audible choose a book for a daily deal, I hope you'll send some my way.
2: <laughs> I have no idea how this happened. Yeah, I have no idea. I want to say it's you know, they pull a book out of a hat, but you know, I. They might. I <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, because it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to them.
2: Yeah, yeah. I
0: think I've seen.
2: Don't quote me on this. But you know, when you don't, when you, when uh, a book is deemed approved on ACX and they put that generic cover on it? Yeah. I want to say one of those got a daily deal a couple of years ago. What? Like so that's why I feel I'm like oh this is totally random. <laughs> right. But yeah, royalty share is a risk. It's it's one I gladly take um but it's not something like don't expect to earn your PFH back within the first year. Like don't think you you failed at royalty share if it doesn't make it back in the first year. Remember, they're seven-year contracts. <laughs>
0: yeah, and sometimes it, it takes a while. Uh, Rebecca Stern had commented in the chat when you were talking about the, uh, the narrators doing auditions together. She said, that might be my little peer group you're talking about. And Lori yes, Fiella, Faella, I probably said your name wrong. Uh, she says your auditions have been fun.
2: Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad the auditions are good. I'm glad the auditions are resonating. And Rebecca, it absolutely is, um, because uh, you are actually who we talked about uh, during the conversation. <laughs> so so many
0: things just coming full circle and dovetailing with each other.
2: <laughs> it's so you know, it's so wonderful.
0: It's so wonderful. Well, so what? I know you want horror to take over. I mean, do you have a game plan? Do you have a five-year plan or something of what you want to see happen?
2: I am a completely fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants person. Um, In the words of, of, you know, I I take the Kevin Pierce, uh, the the Kevin Pierce model. Uh, I did it when I started audiobooks and narration and I'm doing it now. Um, I will either succeed or the fireball from the explosive failure will be able to be seen from space.
0: <laughs> well, it so certainly I don't doesn't do it. seem like it's going in that direction.
2: No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I don't know. Let's see. What? I guess I can see this now because it's, it's towards the end of August. Um, we're going to be in Publishers Weekly next month. Or Publishers Month, Publishers Magazine, or whatever it is.
1: Congratulations! That's so, exciting. Yes, it's yeah.
2: Um, me and uh, Andrew from Darklit Press, we get the we we got together, and and he has some stuff there, and we, uh, yeah, we did an interview with them, and we should be in the print magazine in September.
1: Well, I'm so, look
0: for that. That is exciting news. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: You heard you this is this is kind of the the announcement of it. I I I don't know if I'm actually allowed to say anything yet, but you know, we're go, we're heading in the right direction.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Does social media you said already kind of I I think Joe that social media doesn't play a great part in this. It's the quality of the book. Am am I getting that right?
2: Yes. Um <laughs> it's the it's the quality of the book. It's the quality of the book. Um not only from the narration standpoint, but from you know, a writing standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even really, when I look for books to try to put in audio, I don't even really look at Amazon rankings or anything like that anymore. Um, I look at, and this is, this is how social media plays a part, like for authors and stuff, um, and, and readers. I pay attention to what the readers are talking about. Uh, And if there's a lot of buzz for something, I pick it up. Or if uh there are authors who are doing really well that pick up a book and say, oh, wow, guys, you don't want to miss this book, I reach out. Um,
0: Are you mainly using Facebook for for that kind of research? Because you said earlier you've left Twitter and you've left TikTok. So... I don't really watching or learning what the readers are doing, saying.
2: Mainly, um mainly it's select groups on Facebook. Um Twitter, I don't I don't go onto at all. Um TikTok, I, I feel like I feel like book talk has become extremely toxic. And so I actually don't, you know. I don't pay much attention to that because if something has gone viral on TikTok, I'll hear about it on Facebook.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm, but you know, I gotta, I do pay attention to what the readers are saying about certain books. And so far it's worked out pretty well. I also go to um, conventions I was just up at, uh, you know, the week that we launched it, I was up at the Texas Author Con, and I think I signed five authors from there, if not more.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: Made a lot of, and just, you know, you make a lot of connections that way. Um, <laughs> one of them, which is already out, you know, was one of those, he wasn't sure if he wanted to do something with audio, and then we got drunk and we signed our names on a <laughs> napkin. And... <laughs>
0: We're going to pull that out as the sound clip for this. So. <laughs>
2: it's and it's it's a fantastic. It's called 100% Match. It's like an hour and 15 minutes long. It is gross but very very funny.
0: Mm. So. You know, I, I I keep a calendar for members on Narrator's Roadmap of all these events, and I saw today that StokerCon is oh. going to Los um, uh San Diego next year. So it's at the end of May, 1st of June, or have you already signed up for that?
2: StokerCon is going
0: there? Interesting. Yeah. I
2: have I have not heard that. Um the next big thing that's happening um is uh scares that care authorcon. Um they sold their tables out in four minutes.
1: Whoa, Gee,
2: yeah. Um I don't know if I'll make it out there, but They sold their table out in four minutes. So (laughs) people are people are absolutely coming to Mm
0: -hmm. horror
2: conventions and just Mm -hmm. selling it out. I mean, you know, there's a reason it sells out so fast. Every, Mm -hmm. you know, horror authors have almost become like the punk celebrities.
0: (laughs) Mm. I can see it. Do they wear the same type of clothes, like you know, the leather jackets and? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Just imagine, envi- you know, <laughs> come in. Now I'm here, leather jacket, sunglasses, and
2: <laughs> yeah, they do. They, they absolutely, they absolutely do. They, they just, they wear whatever they want. They're not trying to impress anybody. This is who I. They are unapologetically
1: mm-hmm.
2: who they are,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's one of the great things about it. Is um, regular standards and practices, and you know. Going the way that everybody should go they, they it's like bucking up against the system it's like we're here,
1: mm.
2: we're loud, and we're coming you know like we're 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 invading your libraries, so to speak
0: mm-hmm. do you get a good reaction from authors when you start talking to them about putting their work in audio?
2: generally, yes, um there are some that are like. Mm, you know, we're an up-and-coming genre, are just trying to take my money? Uh, which is a valid response, because there are so many publishing companies that come up and then go away, you know, within the span of six months. But once they hear my passion, they're generally right on board. And it helps that almost everybody in the horror genre knows who I am. So, um, there was a, uh, there was a woman, Candace Nola at the Texas author con. I was talking to her about audiobooks. and she took my card and she was kind of not listening. And then she looked down and she was like, Joe, Joe, oh, you, you're Joe. I know. Oh my God. No, I know you, you just did my friend. Okay. You know? And then once they catch on, they're like, yes, no, whatever it is, the answer is yes.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, so it's it really works in, in my favor, and I have worked extremely hard over the past five, six years to make that name um, reputable.
0: Yeah, and to have name recognition and to have your reputation walking in the room ahead of you, I mean, that's huge.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Um and so and this... you choosing, I guess you were choosing more horror books to narrate. I mean I know you'd narrate other things, but you were choosing more horror deliberately to, to build that reputation. It's kind of interesting. There is a time
2: where I was still considered kind of the the voice of horror, but I hadn't done a horror book in like four months. And all of a sudden i th- i did uh, a book called uh, come with me by ronald malfi and once that book hit everybody started going back and looking at my catalog and then i got another one of his like and he i I'm, I'm becoming his narrator anytime a publisher gets a book he's like i want joe to do it and because of that over the past Two years, what I have been trying to build for was starting to come to fruition because people started seeing my name, people were talking about the audiobook, and publishers started to take no, oh, they started to take notice of some of the bigger independent horror titles, like, oh, he's doing all of them, and so they started buying things up. Um there's a, a press called Wicked House Press or Wicked House Publishing who is run by uh, a friend of mine and all of his books are now being bought up by publishers and they're getting he's getting really good advances and he's he's actually gone so far as to ask that I not do all of his books because he doesn't want me to narrate all the horror. Um which is absolutely fine. I did one for podium and he's like, I don't want you to do this book is uh, called Puzzle House. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to let them pick. But, you know, I, I don't want you to reach out to them for it. I'm like, that's fine. I was like, I'm not going to reach out. But there is a very good chance they're going to contact me for this book. You know that, right? He's like, yes, hmm. I know. They reached out to me for the book. <laughs> so I did the book. Tantor reached out to me for the next one. And I turned it down out of respect for him. <laughs> wow, you know, that but I'm was like,
0: nice to to share the toys with somebody else.
2: Yeah, no, I it's you know we're we're all in this together. And the guy who owns Wicked House Publishing is he's a friend of mine, and we kind of came up, like kind of grew up together, not in real life, but in publishing. <laughs> um, he was starting. His job as an he was starting, you know, work as an author, as I was kind of just starting my trajectory for audiobooks. And so we were kind of figuring out all this stuff together. And now every time he publishes a book, it hits a number one bestseller. And, and, you know, I'm so thankful he's throwing some my way um, <laughs> for Fright Night to publish. So. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a wonderful collaboration.
2: I, it is. It is, and I have collaborations with several different publishers. Uh, the biggest one being Darklit Press because we're we're trying to broaden our reach. But as far as a circling back to your five year plan, I don't have a fi- I don't have a five year plan. It's just it will change by the week. Hmm. Eventually, I would like to just be somebody who does outreach and let somebody else handle all of the accounting, all of the You know, coordination, all of the scheduling and promo and, you know, do all of that. But as of right now, it's me and I do enjoy it. But five years down the line, I'd like to just pay somebody to handle all that.
0: (laughs) Well, and there are only so many hours in the day. And so there's only so much that any one person can actually do.
2: For sure. For sure. Um, it, it, It takes a lot less time than people think when you're actually focused and working. Like if I'm doing something, I get hyper-focused and I will knock out a whole bunch of stuff and only two hours will pass. Um, it's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing to hyper-focus like that where the world just kind of goes away. You're, you're gonna going to have people
0: saying, can I outsource some stuff to you? <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: but uh, you know, I just, I, you know, I do it as time allows. I I will be in the booth for two hours. I'll get an hour and a half of audio done during those two hours. I'll come out, you know, put the put the laptop in the, in the living room or on the kitchen table, do some fright night stuff, and then a few hours later, I'll go back in the booth for another couple hours, get another hour done, and then later that night, go back in the booth. So. I'm always working, and I'm okay with that. It's not for everybody.
0: Well, and we are coming up on the top of the hour, and I cannot let you get away without asking you a pit stop hot seat question. Uh -oh. Oh, yeah. So the one I have for you today is if you could be the ruler for a day, what would your first decree be?
2: Oh, wow. That that feels like a loaded question.
0: (laughs) You have the power, Joe.
2: I have the power to do anything I want?
0: Yeah. So what's your first decree?
2: Um, Everybody gets a base salary so they can follow their passion and not have to worry about whether or not they have to eat.
0: Oh, that's a fabulous decree. We, we might have to install you as ruler.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. And, nobody, nobody should have to suffer just for existing. So.
0: And Rebecca Stern had written in the chat that uh, a few minutes ago that the author for the book she's doing collects venomous pets. So. That actually makes me want to ask you another Pit Stop Hot Seat question. This is a first. I usually only ask one, but I want to know what is, since horror always involves strange circumstances, what is your strangest possession?
2: Um, <laughs> there's no body that's little in, in, in within the realms of legal here, is it? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> My strangest
0: possession. Your strangest possession.
2: Um, I don't know that I would call anything I have strange. I have a uh, a scare bear. Oh, what is uh, that? Is there? I can't post a picture in this chat, can I? No. Um,
0: you can post I'll... a link to it.
2: I'll post it if you're, uh, if, if you are not a member of the Legion of Pimple Facebook group, join that group and I'll approve it and I'll post a picture of it in that Facebook group. Okay. Um, it's basically a gunned teddy bear um, who has ripped his face off.
0: Oh, oh. that sounds
2: scary and in
0: more ways than
1: one.
2: He is yes, he is sitting in the corner of my uh of my bookshelf currently holding a audiobook called a uh, Ghostland that I narrated um i got a, a physical copy sent to me from Tantor, and myself and the author duncan ralston uh have it signed it's It's the only audiobook I have that's actually signed by the author and and myself, and we haven't decided what we're going to do for a giveaway but we're going to end up giving that away.
0: Well, that sounds pretty neat. And I, I'm assuming this bear came this way. This is not something that your dogs attacked
2: and no, 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 tore no, its no. face off. No, it's, uh, it is it uh, is a piece of art that I bought probably oh. six, seven years ago. Um, I bought it at, uh, at a horror convention. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I don't think he's in business anymore, unfortunately. Um, his social media has been i I looked it up not too long ago, uh, oddly enough, and i can 't really find much on his uh, on social media anymore so i, I don 't know if he 's doing it uh, anymore but yes, that is probably my the strangest thing that I own that I can think of off the top of my head
0: and do you have advice that you can share with? other people who want to expand their horizon beyond narration. You know, to do more than just narrate the books, to, to do some other thing as well.
2: Um, find something that's missing in the genre that you are passionate about, or in the industry that you are passionate about, and attack it, like that portion will go away tomorrow if you don't act. That way, not only do you get the sense that you're doing something good for the industry, um, you will not be putting all your eggs in one basket.
0: That sounds like really good advice.
2: So, and don't do it how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it how I do it because I tell you as as much fun as I have, it's exhausting.
0: You mean the all work all the time approach?
2: Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's it's, it's a lot of it's play for me. You know, um, I am I am a I am the definition of work hard play hard. So when I go to these conventions. You know, when I go to APAC, when I go to the author conventions, things like that, I am legitimately up until four in the morning. Um, Because that's just my, that's my style. That's my personality. I'm the first to arrive, the last to leave. And I try to, uh, and I just try to have fun. And I think the more your personality shows and the more real you are the better it is. And that's, that's the other thing I'll say. Don't force it. Because if you force it and you try to be somebody you're not or who you think they want to see or want to be, um, people see it a mile away and it just looks really fake and they lose trust. So yeah. be 100% authentic. And if you're an introvert, it can suck. This industry turned me into an extrovert. <laughs> it really did. Like in, in an industry where everybody says they're introverts, this thing turned me into an extrovert. And now I will talk to anybody, any place, anywhere. It doesn't matter.
0: Including here with us today.
2: Yeah. You know, I said I was going to ramble, and I, I mean 100% of that.
0: I didn't think you were rambling at all. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to plug or any final words? And also how can people contact you?
2: Um, okay. So my website is broken and it doesn't work. And I have no idea when I'm going to get that fixed. So um, if you want to contact me, uh, my email is joehemple at com. If you want to audition for anything for fright night, uh, auditions. We only have two auditions posted right now. I expect there to be more in the next month, but we're gearing up for a lot of releases. So we want to make sure those authors are taken care of and not forgotten. Um, so we want to make sure, you know, that's one of the things that we want to do is we want to make sure that when release time comes, the authors and narrators don't feel like they're neglected. So, um, there is. So go to FrightNightAudio.com and you'll see auditions there and you can fill out the contact form there. Also I'm on, you know, I am on Facebook. I don't post a ton. I've turned into more of a lurker. Um and unless it's about dogs or you know cool stuff like mentioning my friend in the Ric Flair book. <laughs> And uh, if you are interested at all in coaching for the thriller and horror genre, um, I have a Calendly link, but I think it's too long to say in audio, like on Clubhouse. So um, just email me, and I'll send you a link to to book a session. It's seventy five dollars for like forty five minutes, and then we usually go on, you know, longer than that because we all like to talk about this stuff. so um.
0: Well, and we have really enjoyed talking with you today, but we're coming up on the top of the hour. So I think it's time for everybody to get back on the road. So I'm going to conclude today's pit stop. I'll remind everybody the recording is going to be available on Clubhouse later today. And in the near future, I'll post it with a transcript and links on narratorsroadmap.com. And Pit Stop is also, yay, available on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple and Audible. And who's coming up tomorrow on Narrator Uplift? Marnie Young, the audiobook sorceress. Well, that will be a good chat at 2 p.m. on Clubhouse Tomorrow. And I hope all of you will take another road trip with us on September 27th, when we'll talk with audiobook narrator and TV script writer Georgina Marie. In the meantime, I hope you find joy in every journey and live the life of your dreams. Thanks again, Joe, for this fantastic conversation. It's really been a delight talking with you. I've had so much fun. And thanks to Ann Flosnick for your great questions and support, as always. And thanks to you and the audience for spending time with us today. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. We will see you soon.